Yeah, no, it's like, I'm like, why is it that guy's super? Like, like, <laughs> I I like Cavill, but there's something about because it's funny because I watched it and of course Aspen right away is like no because she's all into Henry Cavill, but because uh, I mean every everybody is I mean even dudes like you see Henry Cavill you're like okay fuck that guy, but <laughs> you know I um, but but, I'm, uh, but this dude has like the like the. Clark Kent mannerism. That's like, what I was getting at. Is like down, you know? he understands. You can start recording, man. I've been good. recording. Oh, good. Oh, great. That's how these things. Great. Start. Warning uh, next Kevin's, time, Noah. Kevin. Where's no, my agent? He's no. got the. That's exactly what I was watching episodes last night. It was, and we're talking about Superman and Lois. Um, and this is Kevin Lyons, by the way, one of our faculty here in the program. As always, my trusty sidekick, Noah. <laughs> that's me. As well, uh, but no, the mannerisms is what was getting me about it because I just started thinking back to Christopher Reeve's performance in it, and uh, as as the nerd I am, and I used to live wa- live for watching the new episode inside the actor's studio every week, and so I remember vividly when Reeves was on that, and he he said, "No, I." I didn't have to do anything acting wise when I was in the suit. The suit did all the acting for me. What I had to figure out was how was I going to play Clark? And so again, a Juilliard trained actor versus Henry Cavill, who's a model. So let me just, (laughs) I like you have someone that's trained to act acting, go figure, right? You hire actors to do acting and, and Donner understood that. And, and I also understood, I don't know who this guy is. And so that way he can be Superman. But he's talking about it and he's like, I just, he went with, uh, I'm going to be, uh, so his Clark Kent was basically um, Cary Grant bringing up baby. That's who he kind of, that's that's how he came up with Clark Kent. So I see that in what, um, what's his name is doing? I can't remember his name, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> It was awesome in Road to Perdition. It's like I hadn't seen him since Road to Perdition. And all right. of a sudden he's a grown up. So I know. Tell me about uh, it. Right? Yeah. And so I just, yeah, that's what it was. He gets the awkwardness. He knows how to lean into that, I think. And yeah, I was like, what What would be wrong with it in a Superman? Like, it's, I just, I just want to say. my same question with Tom Welling. I just want to say, Henry, I want to work with you. I think you're an actor. Um, I'm just putting that out there. That's not my thought. Um, but uh, I hear your point, um, though. You know, again, I think what they're doing with his Superman is different than what we're seeing. Well, now we don't know what's going to happen with the older ones. So it's it's a different. It's tough to. For me, it's tough to. It, I mean, we're talking about acting and performance right now, but it's tough to match Reeves to any of the other Supermans just because you know, the visual aspects of the film are so much more heavy. And I think that's what distracts a lot of the newer, you know, uh, yeah, reboots, I, you know, they're, they're like, get back into the story, get back into the quick right, character arc. Right. Know? The other thing too is, and, and just quick plug for my FTVM 102 media aesthetics class this summer. Yes. Uh, we'll be covering the history of film through the lens of comic book superheroes. So obviously Superman is the one like we're where we're at now because of 1978 Superman. Yeah. 
So that clearly was the the flashpoint, if you will. I mean, there's comic books that there's versions of those movies that existed prior, but they're all B movies, no budget. But I also think it's a flashpoint in cinema in general to that era, right? I yeah. Mean, well, it's seventy seven, right? Yeah. Seventy seven was exactly. what Star Wars, right. and then yeah. So I mean, and then seventy five is Jaws, so the birth of the blockbuster happens. But really, like the flashpoint specifically for comic book films and you hear anybody else that's made a comic book movie somehow richard donner's name comes up that superman movie comes up because it's it's almost every other movie is boilerplate on that film there's an origin there's the first thing and then you know and and so it just follows it so anyway that's not really what we're here to talk about so, today yeah, but, but hey, it was a good starting point exactly it's a good starting point we just watched i think it's about 11 minutes worth uh, footage that we recently filmed the department uh, <laughs> this time last year actually had just put right. the order in for uh, Aeroflex 435 35 millimeter camera and so it was just something that when I came to the program and I knew we were getting this funding from the sale of the bandwidth and I just felt that it was important for our students to understand film and so let's get a film camera at first I was talking about I was thinking about well we'll just get the 16 and then you look up the prices on these things like, well, this is crazy. Right. <laughs> like, I don't even think there was much of a price difference between the Super 16, that the S that they have and the and the 435. And uh, so uh, we have a great place in Southern California. Actually, Kevin and I went to go pick it up. Yes, we Some did. magical day last June. Very, I know. I, know. We, I didn't think it would take 365 days for us to actually use it. I kind of figured it would just because it's yeah, just how things work out. But right. uh, yeah, I think because yeah, both of us were outbidding each other in film stock yeah, we on went eBay stock last like summer. Right. 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 Like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so we got the camera from... Um, I like Alan, Alan Gordon. Thank you. I always want to call him Doc Martens for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> they might actually like that. Right. We are the Doc Martens <laughs> of uh, Hollywood. I, but the, the nice thing about Alan Gordon stores. is they primarily focused on on rental and refurbished. And they have a place there that does all the, you know, they've got technicians that fix stuff. So I was like, well, if I'm going to get this used, then let's get it somewhere that's got uh, someone that can fix it. So we just watched that footage and... Of course, the questions that I get asked as a faculty chair at a film program in 2021 is, why would you have film? But I think we kind of, based on what we just watched, maybe answered that question a little bit. So I, I agree. Know. I mean, if we filmed, you know, our students, Dom and Noah's reactions and Nick's reactions, I mean, I think that says it all. I mean, they're they're blown away. I mean, you're here, so you, I don't know if he's if he's yeah, silent. He's over mic'd here, up. He's talking. Yeah, I do have a mic. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, I mean, you know, I do really feel that says it all, you know, because I think you said it clearly. It's like they're chasing the film look every time they sit down to edit. Yeah. And I think immediately when you saw it, you're like, that's the film look, <laughs> that's, you know, that's it. That, and it, and it's it. like, how do you, you know, how do you get there? Well, that's how you get there, you know? And then going back to just uh, operating camera and, and their tendencies to like, let me change the F stop and the ISO and the shutter speed every single shot. I don't know where that comes from. It doesn't come from our classes. Um, no, it you know, comes, no matter how many times we tell you guys, you know. Well, it comes from, again, it's like we're grateful that there's been a, such a, uh, you know, because this is very, it's very expensive to do everything on film. So we're grateful that there's been a liberation of sorts, the, the digital, the democratization of it. Absolutely, yes. 
But it's like, then it becomes like any other art form and you don't know how to color in the lines yet before you go to school. So they've had years, you know, a few years at least, you know, before they get to a college, whether it's just out of high school or they started tinkering around later in life and they're coming to especially ours, like a community college. They've been tinkering around with it and they've been trying to color in the lines, but they're not really getting it. And so now we have to like get them back into the lines, but that's like any, now it's like any art form too. It's like they go into the art, you know, the, the painting class or the glass blowing class here and they've been messing with it. Maybe not so much glass blowing, but the painting, <laughs> the painting, you know, they've been messing with it. They didn't really understand what they were doing, but now right. they're, they're getting the, all right, well, this is why you have to do it. So yeah, I think, I think that's where it comes from and to know that you're locked in on an ASA, which is what ASA is the, the film version of ISO makes it harder to, you can't cheat. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, this is to, what it is. And to dig down to deeper is just light sensitivity in general. How do we deal with light? And I think yeah, the, the, and, and of course, you know, the digital era, I mean, we're thankful there's so many more things we can do. We could, we could shoot in low light situations. There's a lot more, uh, flexibility, you know, when we're trying to, to, to find the shop. But what, what the difference that I noticed, at least for me, is that they're, they know that there's going to be a, a, a fair amount of post-production that they're going to have to do to get to the final yeah. look they want. The beautiful thing about film, if you do it correctly, it's like they're on set. Yeah, it's there. It's in you, camera. Yeah, it's in camera. So like that, and, and, you know, when you when you start to bring in the Nolans and the Tarantinos and the students are like, well, I don't JJ get why Abrams, they push yeah. film over digital. Now you kind of get it, I think, because it's not so much even just the look. It's like the process of it wanting to kind of paint the picture in the moment. Um, and of course, there's still a ton of post-production. So don't there, get it twisted. Yeah, but right. I'm just saying, like, but, but it's 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 the better base. It's going to be you know? right. It's going to be last tweaking we went through the program also has an aria mira so it's almost like we've got the the new Flex. version the, yeah I'm, slight flex well, we slight. also have by the way <laughs> hey, you know, hey no dude go for it <laughs> this is what this thing is for dude exactly. uh, so but you know and understanding that and it helped me understand the digital world better too is you're essentially on, on an Amira or, you know, the A7III's we, we have too. You're shooting on what is known. We did the training through Ari to get certified. At least some of us have. It was cool. Uh, cool. They're, you know, uh, their guy training it best explained it. When you're filming on a digital, you're filming on what was known as an inner positive, which was a very like, it just was enough process from the negative so you could start cutting on it doing a rough assembly back in the day and then you would take that and do what was you know, one light correction basically and get it back up to what the stock was so if you understand that that's what you're doing but you know all right i'm doing this look i'm going to be when i drop it into da vinci or premiere or whatever i'm going to drop this look on it then you understand like oh that's why i'm doing that and it helps you to tell you why am I lighting it this way? Exactly. I'm ex I need to expose it not for the moment, but for the stock I'm going to drop on it later. And that's the great thing too about the, like I'm sure Fuji does it as well, but we just happened to use Kodak stock on this test run we did is Kodak's got these great film sheets that you can get off, you know, Google it, you put in the stock and you Google it and it tells you what the color is, tells you how to light it, tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. So if you know that ahead of time, 
And you're looking at your where you want to go tone wise, color wise before you shoot. Like, okay, this is how I need to light it. Cause we used to do the same thing when digital first came out, we were trying to shoot something in black and white. You had to, sh you had to light it for black and white cause it's going to be different. So I, yeah, I think that to me, I, I have to imagine for students, it's going to be a big game changer when they come in their first class. Like you're going to load the camera. You're going to go shoot a hundred feet or whatever. Right. You're going to understand that. And then we're going to throw you on the digital cameras. Right. Because I, I think that's the path that I'm leaning towards in my classes. So, Well, it goes back to craft, dude. I mean, I think like we've talked about so much with YouTube. Everybody can figure out how to do things, but it's the why, it's the craft, it's the yeah. artistry behind it. And then when you learn all of it, then you have to just forget it and just do it. Yeah. You know? And that's the, uh, the next phase or third phase that's hard, I think, for students and I, 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 if I'm being honest with myself, I'm just barely passing that threshold myself, you know, where I'm starting to like, let go of what I know and just do it, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, cause that's, that's a part of it too. I think we, especially I see my students like, you know, sometimes overthink the process or, uh, put focus on areas that probably could do could get less focus and put more focus on i don't know maybe the story okay. right and the structure but also set design <laughs> yeah and the technical aspects of how are you going to move the camera where are you going to move the camera how are you blocking your peeps and then introduce your light you know um again it's all for me it's always process that really breaks these guys um because they just tend to we, we're throwing so much information at them too. Yeah. You know, and but so it's you, hard for them sometimes to decipher what is one step one through here when we know that there's no clear formulaic workflow, but we know like here are the steps that you should take. Decide where you want, how you're going to move through that, that process, find your workflow, but you got to have a workflow. Well, yeah, you, know? you have to have the, but I think the other thing the film camera does is it simplifies it. At the beginning, oh, totally. yeah, you've got, you know, we shot on uh, the, f we had 1200 feet of film. The first 800 feet was 50 ASA. So that thing is moving super slow. That emulsion is very slow. It needs a lot of light to work and you can't change that. So if you know, going in, it's like, this is where I'm at. So right. it's not like, oh, let me. This is your base to start from. You can't yeah. tweak it or whatever. You can't, you know? right. Yeah. And if you understand then what the, and, and that, there's no ISO right now at 50. I know they're working on it, but I don't think there's a camera right now that has an ISO of 50. I don't I've, believe so. Yeah, right. I think usually like 100 is the, 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 yeah. the, the base. The Sony's get close when you're doing photography at 80. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's only for photography. That's not for Well, video. that's one of the reasons why I think Sony got, some of the placement they have in the industry because they would well, do things like that. Their ISO, their, 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 that technology was a big, well, yeah, you know, it goes, part of well, it's because, their so they're stuck at the, they're stuck at that ASA rating. They can't adjust from it. You have to, I mean, but then that also can infer, you know, the Godfather, he shot all that at a hundred. Yeah. Francis. So yeah. Coppola, it yeah. Need it. So, but it makes sense when you watch it. Like I'm going to light what I need to light. Who was the DP on God, Godfather? This is what we have. Our trusty I know Walter Merch was, sound was no editing. editor. Right. Yeah. You know, so, uh, cause I was just reading a book and about his process and he was talking about apocalypse. Now it's funny cause it's like the universe listening, right? Like we just shot on film and it's like, every email and everything <laughs> that I'm like looking at on my yeah. social media has to deal with film. So it's kind of, but funny. if you know, you're shooting at a very, uh, at that 
level. He wanted it dark for a reason, obviously. Right. And so you only had enough light on. If yeah, you look at that, just low key. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. Gordon yeah. Wills is the. Gordon okay. Wills. Okay. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So understanding that the locks you in makes it simpler. You have less choices, less, less room for, and in some measured. respects, error. Well, yeah, and, right. and you have to measure light. it. And right. I think that's something that, that students um, and, and independent filmmakers like myself forget to do and that we have the tools inside the camera to measure what's going on. Yeah. And take a reading. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just take a reading on the graph, the histogram, vector scope, whatever you got. It's going to tell you something's, you know, overexposed or underexposed or whatever. And we just don't do that enough. Right. Um, or we just look at the little two and a half inch screen, you know, and think all is good. And it's yeah. like, no. And know. on this, we were guessing because we didn't, and this, we, were we didn't guessing. even have, we didn't even have, we didn't have the correct monitor to hook up to it. So right, right. it the was IBS, all like, yeah. I, which by the way, that four pin NTSC port, I think yeah. might be the, might be yeah, the, I think that's what the it MacGuffin, is. Yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> <You> could <know>. be. <laughs> right. So, well, I mean, to go back to the Sony thing, like, we're at this point with the digital revolution because I remember when it was starting. I was in film school at the time, and we were excited to get three Sony PD-150s for the program. Right. It was a three-chip camera, right? Oh, my God. This is a game changer. CCD, yes. Yeah, right. right. So it was a huge game changer. But the real game changer wasn't down to the consumer yet, but it had happened on episode two because between – Lucas doing episode one, which was half digital, half film, and episode two, which was completely digital. Right. He pushed Panavision to build the lenses, and then Sony did the camera uh, that he shot two and I think three on. Right. So there was no – imagine this world. The digital cameras at the time could not give you depth of field with their lenses, and that's what he pushed Panavision to make. So now, fast forward almost 20 years – now these lenses are crazy right. and, and they can give you depth of field on a digital sensor, which did not exist. Well, it's like Sir Deacon says, right? The lenses have gotten bigger and the camera bodies have gotten smaller. Whereas in the back in the day, it was vice versa. And that's, a, I think that's the thing. I mean, and it can go into, uh, you know, Mr. Soderbergh or Peter Andrews, as he's known, right? In the camera world, like looking at what he's doing with mobile phone, yeah, you know, and, and utilizing that technology, but again, under using the same process and craft, right, that he's been using. For right. Because what are they? I mean, what they were telling me in film school between 2000 and 2002, where everything that they're doing on digital, they're just chasing this film look. Yeah. I mean, everything. If you look at if you look at like Avid Media Composer, it's all based on the film language. Right? Yeah. So it's still like you're you're in the film box, if you will. And so I think you said it earlier, like that's what we're always chasing. That's why when we watch the footage for the for the uh, the test shooting test you know yeah. project that we did, it's just like it blows us away because like, like there oh, it is, it's basically there, there it is, and like and then what what happens if we get different stock? What happens if we you know actually you know we were doing very naturalistic lighting that day, right? We you know we we realized yeah. we didn't, we weren't balancing, we didn't have our reflectors going, we weren't totally, we didn't have a grip truck out there, we weren't right. shaping light the way that we would probably normally do. What happens then? Right. And so um, it's just, I think, again, it's eye opening and also, uh, I think, very obvious that film is not going to die. You know, I mean, this notion that film is going to die and go away is just stupid. 
I don't know why people keep pushing it so hard. Uh, and then you you see companies like Black Magic who are like, hey, now we, you can develop your own film. It's like, what? You know, um, like that's insane. And that's yeah. what I think is just going to happen is that we're the great thing about filmmakers is you guys have so many choices. Well, now, it's now an know? aesthetic. And now it's an aesthetic. It's it's that, a that's what style and form right. choice. Yeah. Right. right. And so you're making a choice as a filmmaker. I'm going to shoot on film because I'm going for this look. Uh, and I think especially now with like our childhoods, 80s, <laughs> getting like uh, regurgitated back to us, like, hey, well, let me pull film stock because it naturally kind of gives you that that right. look. Like, you know, I was looking at that. I was like, God, we could have just shot the Goonies there. And it would well, fine. you know, what's amazing about film, too, do you like and we were talking about HBO Max earlier, but yeah. when you watch some of the reprints or, you know, uh, the old 80s films that were shot on film. I mean, like, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, I was, uh, you know, you know, I was telling you, I, I, I'm a bit pop culture eighties kid. So I'm always watching old school movies. Sure. Family and I were watching can't buy me love. And I was just blown away at how <laughs> like crisp and clear yeah. on my 4k television. Like I remember watching that movie over and over on VHS and it looked horrid. <laughs> you know, I mean, horrid. I mean like just like grainy yeah. and you could see the burns and the whole nine. It's just amazing how well film holds up. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think also, and that's telling, the, you know, so where we got the, I'm doing all these plugs. And so hopefully the companies will love us. So, uh, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I'm setting them up. Right. Like so little, we got the film, we got the film process and the last kind of last man's, you know, last thing standing photo cam. And the last time I took some students on a tour from there, they had changed their business model. It's like some astronomical, difference between the amount of film they they were processing back in the day versus now versus it's like a 70 percent decrease right so they changed their, their model so what is one of the things they do they are actually shooting negative of digital of film shot on digital why were they doing that because it's the studios are like well we know no one can press a delete button on this <laughs> it right. won't go anywhere yep. so they're doing that or they're reshooting negative of you know, they're certainly going through like the nitrate stocks that's still out there. So Paramount and those bigger studios and they're like, hey, they're but they're also on the digital end of it, too. So you drop off your Amira footage and they're going to they're going to color correct it for you and do all that. So, yeah. And that's good for, I think, students to understand, you know, and learn about because yeah. and, I, and I throw out that documentary side by side because I always think it's a great documentary. No, it's a great documentary. Yeah. And, and they talk about that, you know, and how. But uh, everybody archive method. But everybody you know? in there talking about it knows the difference. Right. And I think that's our students might see that and say, Well, what the hell do I need film for? I'm like, Well, they everyone talk like David Lynch, who likes shooting on digital now, but he knows what he's trying look he's, Yeah, he knows the look he ha he's coming right. from and he's gonna make that a, a mirror or whatever. Say with Alexa. Deacons, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And 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 again, dude, like that's why like the notion that it's going to die, you know, it's like saying radio is going to die. It's never going to happen. Hello. It's going to evolve, you know, right. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to have different outlets, different mediums, um, uh, utilizing the same content. Maybe it's not over the air radio, but it's going to still be radio. Radio is yeah, content, right. You know, right. Or as you think film about it. content. And, and like, even now, you know, people are like, Oh, the film, the movie theaters are going to shut down. I, I do know. Oh, they've been, they've been, they've been, but you know, yeah, but they said everything. I, I love hearing that. And there's some very smart people that are predicting that it's just going to totally change. And 
they're going to be gone. And I respect some of these folks I've heard say it, but I'm like, they've been predicting that since. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand. It's like doomsday. You know, right. like, that's a totally American thing. 1950s. Like, everyone worries about. Hey, doomsday, wait a minute. Wait know? a minute. 1950s. Everyone's got a TV now in their house. What are they going to need to go to the film for? Exactly. Need to, I mean, exactly. You know. It's just it's it. We know, you know, the kingdom of shadows, man. The, the theater is irreplaceable. It's you still going to it's still going to exist as that first date night for. Exactly. Because you have to have that 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 place of exhibition that that, you know, is free, well, hopefully, of distraction. Yeah. And like, you know, like it's, it's it, the, the whole, like Godard always says, like, it's, it's, that's how you're receiving it. So if I'm receiving it at home in my kitchen or, you know, making yeah. food while I'm, I'm, it's not the same experience well, no, as I if couldn't... I lock into a seat and I'm in every, all the lights are down, the sounds melting my face. Oh, you know? totally. I, I couldn't, during this whole pandemic, I could not really watch newer movies. I mean, it was a struggle. Right. And the ones I got through, I, you know, it was like, it was bad. So as soon as the theaters reopened here in, in California, it was like, I was, I, I went to four films in like a week, but it was like automatically let's, I'm like not pulling my phone out, not you know, doing exactly. whatever else. I'm just there watching it. And I'm so glad I waited specifically for Tenet. And I got to see Tenet on the, on the big screen, uh, which is where it should be seen, right? Because it's and shot I on felt, IMAX, you and know, I like, felt every sound, dude. Right. I, I, exactly. So yeah, I I don't see it going away. What I hope, actually, on that front, is that maybe less of these massive multiplexes kind of start disappearing. Mm, yeah, and the picture house comes back, right? And yeah. the smaller spot, it gives room for the smaller spot because maybe it goes into. I'm really interested to see how this because this is something I intend on doing on some of our projects here in the yeah. program is going the Kevin Smith route and doing the roadshow thing. Yep. And like, if there's smaller theaters, they're like, hey, we'll just you know. I love that. And by the way, there was a roadshow thing, and I I should have told because they about used to it. do it anyway. Yeah. Well, they all and that's the yeah. thing. I mean. Like musicians, right? Yeah. I mean, filmmakers, that's how we make our money is by taking our stuff on the road, putting it in the movie theater. Yeah. And if you have a Q&A, you build your fan base. You build, yeah. uh, you know, moviegoers, basically. Uh, and that's the whole point. And I think, I, again, I think sometimes the greatest thing about, you know, we have all this access. There's so many opportunities for you guys and us. I, I'm, sp I'm speaking to my my young folk right now, yeah. but you get lost in all the noise, and 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 it's actually so much easier for you guys than we had it because we couldn't get our hands on the gear, we couldn't even <laughs> shoot it. Right. I mean, it like, was if we had a solid script, it was it was a, a, a immense amount of effort just to get the equipment to go do it. You don't have like I don't see really any hurdles in your guys' way. That's what's amazing yeah, to me. Just themselves. Just basically. yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> just your just your, you know, your own uh yeah. It's funny when I've had certain students walk up to me and say, Well uh how how do I get successful at this? And one in particular, I just I'll never forget this. Like, well what do you want to do? I want to direct. We'll direct. We'll direct. Yeah. <laughs> tell stories. Grab a camera. We got cameras <laughs> here. Check them out. You know. Like, well, I have to tell that to myself. You yeah. know. I mean, obviously now we're yeah. we're adults. I've got kids. You know, we're teachers. We're we're you know we've we're got in, a lot of other we're in escrow, which takes yeah, all your time escrow, away. Right. We're we're doing other things, but you know, I think that's also it's a lesson for us too yeah. to remind. And I mean, we as we've seen now with this film stock, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do, and. Uh, 
now it's like, okay, what stories do we want to tell? Yeah, and you I know? the go back to the roadshow thing too. I, a friend of mine was telling me, and I know he listens to his podcast, so this will tickle him. Good. Uh, <laughs> the Harkins and Redlands, I think for like $99, you can rent out a whole theater. And yep. you can choose whatever screening. So it'd be interesting to go to them down the road. Let's say we get, so we've got a seven part web series that's almost done. That's in production now in the program. Uh, basically feature length. It'd be interesting to go, all right, we're going to roadshow this and then we're going to go take it to that Harkins. We're going to rent it out. And this is what we're going to screen and charge, you know, admission for it to help raise funds for the next projects that we do. But that could be your model for the students to take later. Cause one of the last projects they'll do in my cinema production classes, they're going to have to write a, they have to do a, a marketing distribution plan. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, I think there's that Avenue. I think the smaller theaters that are still standing could exist on, Hey, we'll screen your stuff, you know, rent out the theater. Cause they make, they've always only made their money on the concessions anyway. And I think that's, I was going to say it's another shameless plug for our 48 hour film project. Yeah. A big part of that, right. Is so the filmmakers can see their stuff on a big screen. I think this whole time is going to force theaters to re remember, Oh yeah, we kind of are beholden to local filmmakers. Yeah. And we should have a day or certain times around the year that are just focused for exhibiting locally filmed, yeah, because if we projects, because you know? if if it could it could kind of revert back to the early days of the industry where it's like, all right, we're gonna give you know we've got these once a month dates that can be filled by local, and then it's on us to fill the theater, sell the tickets, and the, but they're selling popcorn and other snacks there, then they're they're doing all right too. Because how so, much how much more powerful is it if you do get a a producer or whoever it is you're trying to set, maybe it's management. Yeah. You're trying to get representation, whatever. How, how much more powerful is it if you have that person come and see your thing in a movie theater at this big event that yeah. you filled out and sold out, that's immediately going to carry more weight. And then, you know, thinking I got to, I got to look into this kid right. or look even, at this filmmaker even and if, see what it's all about. You know, e even if their thing is we're buying it to stream it, whatever that, exactly. we had the exhibition on it. And you know, we but put, where is that outlet now? There right, isn't one. Right. And that's, and that's, and you know, and I'm another, some, some, some other, you know, plugs to local theaters like Sterling cinemas. Right. My that old, my can, old I was, theater. I, would, I, I think was it's just, a great theater. I was just thinking that that could be a thing that kind of revives them in a sense of like, I'm all about putting stuff out in right, the universe well, right yeah. now. That's all I do. Right. Like, I want a million dollars scratch that well, a billion dollars. But this you know? is something the program can do, right? We can walk over, I agree. To, we can walk over to Sterling's and say, can you, how can we negotiate to get a, a decent rate in here? You know, even if it's, cause I was thinking about doing this when, when my buddy was telling me about writing out Harkins, like that'd be great to do. Cause typically when we're back in the fall, we'll do our best of semester screening right. again. Right. So wouldn't it be cooler to do it in an actual movie theater? Yeah. And then like the theater department here, we get to charge tickets for it, raise some money for the program, which goes back to our student scholarships, by the way, right. <laughs> but exactly. gets right. like that, like Sterling, like, Oh, Hey, we're, we got this cool connection. with And, it, and it gives them money too. Right. It's a stimulus right. exactly. to them too, yeah. because you know, they make their money off of, you know, concessions and like, there's another two, two or four plex in Rancho Terra Vista. That's like empty right now. Yeah. So, you know, we could do that Harkin Sterling or whatever. So we have this and, road and show. You just right. have this road show, this Inland Empire road show. And then how awesome is that too? Because it, it, the, the students, even if you don't go on to be, you know, 
Zack Snyder. I said that just for him. Uh, That's you know, for another show. <laughs> That's for another one. But, you know, uh, I, I, got, I like I, Zach. Zach, I want to work with you, dude. Uh, but, uh, you know. Look, I'll, you know, <laughs> I got no problem working with him. No, I know. I, know. I, got, I, got, I got no problem if he hears just, like, taking money from him. If he uh, wants to fund anything. But I, but I was just getting at the whole point yeah. is that, you know, even if they don't go on to have these major film sure. careers, you have this moment, this experience that's like, it's just, sometimes it's, all we're looking for as filmmakers, right? And that's like I just I feel like that's sometimes where it, it gets it gets a little clouded when when we're building programs like this and stuff like that. It's always it's, they've got to know these technical things. It's like that's like that's that's half of it maybe, yeah. but there's so much more that goes into the process. And and I think that that end exhibition is like the big one of the biggest parts of it because. It's it's usually in those moments that filmmakers realize I'm doing this for the rest well, that of my was, life or I can't do this. I but I tried, you know. Right. Well, you put it out there in the world. That was one of the it's interesting you bring up the exhibition piece because I'll never forget my interview process to get this job and the second interview. And I said, first, I wanted to make this a, a destination program, not just in our service area, but hopefully we get people coming in from all over to come here yep. to do film. Um, but the three things I thought that were going to lend it in that direction were innovative curriculum. I think, you know, I spent the last, two, my whole, my first three years are rewriting everything. So hopefully we're getting there. Um, I think we are engaging, sure. um, practicum. <laughs> so web series that we're in right now, Kevin's class is finishing up second episode of our sketch comedy. Before this pandemic, we were 20 pages in on a feature film. Uh, and so then, close. Right? So close. Well, we were moving. Yep. Uh, and then the last thing was exposition. So we already have an international film festival. We partnered with 48 Hour. We run that for the region. But I think to add this roadshow component of it. And, yeah, I and, love it. And we yeah. can certainly start it here at Valley and then just start going all over. Right. Uh, Within our service area, so just not to yeah, you know. i.e. yeah, right, right. But that's the that's the thing, though. I think that's the important thing. But that is, like, oh, this this you know this community college is is going out there and doing an outreach, which is a little bit different than right. And it gets the students' work out there, it gets their voice right. out there, it gets them networking because that's a that's another that's, component that's, of this business. Yeah, I mean, if you don't do it, I'm sorry to break it. Like that, and that's you gotta do it. It's yeah, just a part of it. That's just know? a part. That's a huge part of it. Yeah, and I, you know, once we're once we're back, uh, as we start figuring out how we're gonna play it out after August first, when the campus is officially open again, is one of the things I wanted to do was to start having networking events here uh, for our students with industry people, but also, I'm gonna invite RCC students here. I want to invite Chafee College. Students Absolutely, here. yeah. I want to invite CSUSB. So, because part of, I think part of the struggle of the IE film scene, and, and it's strange because Kevin and I never knew each other before we started working right. here, but then we found out we knew Everybody. same people yeah, that were in the same, so. That but, we, well, we, we may have been in the same space at it, times. Like, I was just, how is that work? I was but, describing it to another friend of mine who's a similar circumstance. It's like those Venn diagram circles. Yeah, yeah. Like somehow we never got in the middle part of it yeah. where, where they overlap. It's like, I'm like I'm, you know, it's that scene in a movie where I'm walking this way right. and you're coming in from right. that Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So- but one of the things that always struck me about the the scene here, if you will, is that no one played together. It was, I'm in my sandbox, you're in your sandbox, and that's it. It doesn't, as competitive as LA is, and the time I spent out there, 
they still played in each other's sandboxes because you never know if that person is going to like what you did and then go, hey, there's a gig coming up. I need somebody to help me. Well, we know studios are poaching from each other all day, but I always just tell people, too, look at the credits. Right. You see one name pop up? Never. You right. Know, like, yeah. It happens. And it's not, and it's I not, know, and, but and rarely. And I noticed that. And so I, I think that's in, in a generation that's still kind of there that was there 15 years ago when things started kind of happening here a little bit. Right. But I think it's it's on us to get this next generation. Hey, go hook up with somebody at RCC and go do something because they probably have something different in their film program that's going to benefit your project. Same with Chafee. Same with some of the other programs. So I just mentioned those because those are you know immediately right around us. But yeah. I think to bring everybody together and oh okay, well you're you're good at because you can't do everything. I think that's the other thing is they and I think they probably picked this up from working on this test project we did like, Oh, there's a reason why there's different people in different departments. Right. Noah's nodding. Do you have anything to add? Cause we can go on for hours. No, no you're very correct. If, you know, not, it's never one person making a film. Those credits are five minutes long for a reason. Yeah. So did you have some other questions about why we have, did you have any thoughts about the film? Oh, I mean, I've been uh, into film photography for a bit, so I was already in love with film. And then being able to shoot something actually on film was just a dream come true. And then it turns out wonderful. And I, I just loved looking at it. Yeah, and he just barely saw it. He saw it once. Imagine right. when he pines over it, uh, you know, in Premiere or, or Da Vinci over and over. I get that's the thing, too, dude, is like, I think sometimes, um, I, I, you know, I hate to like divert, but like, I think it's important to talk about your generation because I think like the way you got, I always, we always joke. Cause I, you know, I always say we burned our freaking Woodstock. We were the, we were like that generation where it was like, we wanted to get something done. We would go do it. We were foolish enough to think I could shoot next to Quentin Tarantino. I'd be just as badass. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just how we were. Well, because Kevin Smith was that way. Well, he, well all he of saw, them, exactly. He saw, he saw, he saw us. <laughs> we put it on Kevin. He Smith. saw, he yeah. saw, <laughs> he saw Richard Linkletter slacker. And right. he's like, wait a minute. There's just a bunch of dudes talking in there. I can do that. I'm a dude and I talk a lot. <laughs> which is which is the point though, yeah. right? That's my point is that like any of us can do it. There yeah. it doesn't take a Kubrick mind to be a director. Anybody can do it. And there's something going on in your generation where there's a lot of like self-deprecation, a lot of doubt, a lot of like just lack of confidence, which is hard for us. Because we're like, dude, you're 19. Why are you not like just on fire? Like, I mean, like yeah. if I went back in time, I'm telling you, I'm a totally different person. You would not recognize, you would probably be like, oh, that guy talks too much. It's like, God, he never stops. Oh God. Yeah. You know, I was, I, I was like, probably you know, insufferable. Yeah, exactly. But like, like I kind that of was also that. our strength though. That was our superpower yeah. at the time. And I just feel like that's missing a lot. I don't, at least in my classes, I don't see a lot of it. And it's interesting, and I'm curious, like your thoughts on that, and like, you know, you know, is that an accurate assessment? No, I think that's totally accurate because we grow, we grow up in a world where everyone has an Instagram, everyone's, you know, and there's a there's a competition as to who gets the most likes. It's very, it's a very competitive world out there now, and it's it's scary to fail for a lot of people. So yeah, I think that's very accurate. Right, Which, it was still scary to fail back then. I remember as a musician, like <laughs> I would hardly ever play. Yeah, because stuff. that that would have been more personal, you yeah, know. That would have been a. That's probably you know 
late nineties, early two thousands band stuff was probably similar to where we're at. That's a good point. Film wise now, that. because yeah. everyone was fighting yeah. for like, yeah. you know, Napster was a thing and like you get yep. your stuff on there and like, so everyone was trying to get that. It was definitely like, more accessible than film. Right. I remember back then. I mean, that's why I was an actor first. Right. Because it was like, oh, I want to direct, you know, and, and write. And it was like, okay, what have you shot on? Uh, I want to direct and write. You know, and they're like, well, what do you have a camera? Yeah, I have a, I have a but I VHS think, camcorder. That's all I got. I think the thing that, you know, hopefully you all as students are getting from us is, Yes, there's lots of channels with people making noise, but they might just be making noise. And so the big thing is like, what's my niche when I get out of here? Um, how can I first define myself as, as a as a media professional? Uh, start there versus uh, they've got you know hundred you know hundred million likes on something, but it could be just them. You know, with a brownie on their nose. I don't know what they're doing. Why? They, I mean, I see some of it. I'm like, how does this? But there's a niche. I had, you know, podcast we did a couple of weeks ago of alumni from this program. He just monetizes YouTube channel. He's what is he doing? He's doing the. He's doing ASMR. He's doing ASMR. He's got four thousand subscribers on it. He's Which me, it. you, Danae, and I think Dom, you guys did some of that. In uh, my classes, I, I don't think I was a part of that. But that, but they, but I think they were trying. That's like that weird thing, yeah. with the yeah. food and whatever. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> like, I don't even. But know. it's it's a niche, and right. so I think that that's how you get out of the noise right now. Is like, what's your niche? And if you decide that your niche is going to be something more cinematic, which is scope, the same as it's always been, right? Really, it's always been that way. That's what I'm trying to get at. Is yeah. that like. The more it changes, yeah. The really more it changes, different. the more it yeah. It's just same. evolved. It's like you're you're just you know you know uh, you just have to fit, like like Lucas said, find out what your niche is or your passion or your yeah. focus. More of a yeah, more of what you're gonna lean in. I, it's almost in some senses, it's very similar to early 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 days of film with the Nickelodeons, where you literally walk it. Everyone was making something, and you'd pay five cents to watch it. And, and that, I mean, it's almost like that. Only it's digit. It's been digitized. Well, and right? what I tell people, all the it's time, in your hand. They they were they didn't. The masters didn't know what they they no weren't, knew they weren't they reading were a book. Doing a well, according to this, this is how I'm supposed to establish a shot. They were making the precedent. Right. It wasn't till later that people were looking at Hitchcock and going, "That guy's the master." You know, let's break his work down. But in the moment, they weren't looking at it that way. Right. It was. So, it was kind of. <laughs> Reading about how D.W. Griffith came up with the close-up, and there's argument if he was the first one that actually did it, but he was the first one that figured out, if I move the camera, I can go into editing later and make changes right. in, in the editing room based and on And manipulate Because before yeah. it was like, just a camera set up, and oh, it was a play. And he figured out, I can move it, and then I can take that movement and then edit it right. into a whole thing. No one knew that before Griffith decided, this is what I'm going to do. I think there's, so we're in that kind of age. Now we know what to do. And now you've got avenues to get it out there. Just lean into what you're doing or just try it. You know, the cool thing about school is it's throwing it at the board and seeing what sticks, which is nice. And so. It is. And there's I, no consequence. It's not like you're going to get fired or. Right. You know, whatever. This is. This I mean, is, I'll kick you out of my class. You, cut, you do some bad stuff. But like, this school is always the place to fail as an here to experiment. Is, right. You know? Right. Find yourself, you know, find what you're good at. You know, I mean, sometimes, too. That's I think 
I mean, for me personally too, that was something that took me a long time. It's yeah. like I said I was a writer director, but it wasn't until I actually started doing it that I could actually go, okay, maybe I can do this. Yeah. Maybe I should stop proclaiming myself a writer director and just do it. Like you said earlier about that one student. But, you know, again, it I find more times than not, um, they don't take that first step. And yeah. So that's why I kind of made that shift to like, because I wonder if it's a generational thing or there's just so much noise or there's too much. Because I think sometimes that's it too. It's like going into, you know, this is a, a terrible example, but like a record store back in the day because they don't exist yeah. anymore. But, but seeing all the music it was like hard. What do I pick? Right. Like, I don't know if you, you ever did that going yeah. to the warehouse, oh, yeah. but you know, they had the little headphones. I'd yeah. be there for hours, <laughs> oh, dude. Like hours. Oh, the headphones. I know, right? Oh, my like, God. I just totally aged us. But it's <laughs> yeah. like, but that it was like that same kind of thing. You don't How know. How did we not get COVID one. then? Right? Jesus Christ. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. We could go. We get, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. yeah. I, but so I feel like that's sometimes what happens with you guys is again, you get caught up. Uh, you know, Danny and I have had this conversation a lot of, about the technical and the gear and all these things. And it's oh, like, that's dude, the thing it's that, just noise. That's, that's the know? thing that drives me crazy. I, you know, and again, I think the difference in what I've noticed between, and we're an hour away from LA and just the difference in Q and a conversations in LA versus here. Every time I'm in LA, it's a, they, they know you have gear, so they don't care what you did with it. Right. What they what they're asked what I've always seen at Q and A's with directors in LA is story questions, character questions, inspiration, inspiration, you know, process driven. You know. Then I get out here and it's like, well, what camera did you use? And I, I don't, a camera that turned on. I don't, what, <laughs> like, what? I mean, I I don't I appreciate the the you know, but you're right. I think sometimes it's just too much focus on these things. Well, that and it's aren't it, having the impact they think they're having. It's interesting because I did a. Uh, a few years ago, I was doing a panel uh, with some writers uh, just to do the quick name drop. Daniel Petrie Jr., who wrote <laughs> who wrote Beverly Hills Cop, yes, was, was on the panel, and I said One to him, faves. every time I do a Q and A about something I've done, I get what What did you use? And he and I never thought about this. And he's like, for those amateurs that are coming up, they're hoping there's a secret bullet. Right. That's what they're asking for. They're, it doesn't really matter the equipment you use, obviously. We're like, well, was did you have a secret bullet that that fixed everything? Right. I wrote, <laughs> I directed, I casted. All those other things go into it. Yeah, it's like you can YouTube it and figure out how to use stuff. But you know, it, but one of the things I know moving forward too, and what the to go back to where we started this with the film camera, is it's almost like. In our classes, especially our 100 level classes, is like drilling them on things over and over and over again is so crucial. So when they get there, it's kind of muscle memorization. Like, yeah, yeah totally. Like, like these three things about camera are not going to change. You know, ISO, uh, f stop, and shutter speed. Those are what you're focused on. I, I mean, that's, that's honestly, not going to, and that's not going to change from the film camera to. Yeah, you know, our black magic 6K. Well, and I'm starting to Another do that drop in my yes, right. I'm doing that more in my curriculum too. Is I'm going to just start giving them uh, uh, thresholds. Yeah, can't go beyond ISO 800. Yep, or ISO 400. Yeah, and just have them deal with it and like yeah. really hold them to it and and force them to be in that box because ultimately, dude, at the end of the day, if they do that to themselves, we just might have to push push them to do it, they're going to be better off. Well, be, you're right. So if you're thinking like, so let's say we're doing sketch, right? Well, you don't, 
you want it to be probably an ISO 400 at least on that because it's going to be brighter. Um, because once they get past 800, then if they're not sure what they're doing, then it can get super noisy. Now, granted, I, I've seen stills on recent productions on major Hollywood things where it's at 1600, but they know what they're doing. Well, I've seen even crazier ones, right. but yeah, yeah, like that's the point is like, you know, in the, in the scheme of the, of the piece, whether it's series or film or whatever commercial, they know what they're going to do, what why the, they're increasing They know what the that. end result's going to be. So yeah. when you talk about workflow, that's crucial because if you don't know what your end result is, then that means you don't understand your workflow. And that's right. the other thing is to go, you were talking, why are they making all these adjustments constantly? Cause they don't know why they should actually be using it. They're using it to make a quick correction and to make it work versus wait a minute. What, what's the tonal of this? What do, what do I get? What, how does this add to the overall feel of my production versus I'm just trying to fix it so it's, I can see it. And I think though, I, going back to what you know, Noah brought in too, I also think it's a lack of confidence. They feel like, oh, it doesn't look right. It doesn't look right in the, in, on this two and a half inch monitor. No, I, I've got to change it. <laughs> or, or, or it becomes a, a committee. Well, yeah, yeah a lot, when I shoot all my interviews, I shoot them <laughs> right. in these four, these three settings. It's like, um, what, what was the situation? Was it ex exterior, interior? Yeah. Was it practical light or was it controlled light? Uh, it always works for me, you know? And it's just like, okay, why? That, what's the motivation, right? Yeah. Again, like always going back, what's motivating you? Just have motivation. That's it. Don't get formulated because that's when you get in right. trouble, right. you know? I mean, you know, we've talked about this in many different disciplines. That's when things get really hairy is when you just start doing like formula, 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 because, well, one, you have the chance of just making formulaic content that doesn't really engage audiences. That no one wants to watch. That nobody really wants to watch. Yeah. But but also, too, you get comfortable and you get a false sense of security and confidence. And so, again, you know, I think we overcomplicate it. And I think there's a bit of what you said. And I also think there's a bit of psychology in it, too, where they're just like, I there's a lot of buttons here. Aren't we supposed to push them? You know, so <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> you know, no. And it's I also mean, a DSLR. So it's not always really made for video yeah, so you have to, or film. So you have to remember and that's, that too. That's the funny part about both the Aries that we have, right? The Amira or the 430. There's not a lot of buttons on either one of those cameras. Well, remember when, remember when we worked, when we looked through the menu, say you were there and how I was like, Oh yeah. You know, because it was just so simple, you know, compared to the Sony, <laughs> which is just like right. Sony. Seriously, dude, like at least like 50. Calm pages. it down. OK, right. like figure out which like, is why they have which is why they have extra buttons on it. So you can just preset. Certain yeah, you could preset, which I get. Right. They've put some thought in. So before the engineers come after me, uh, you know, I'm just saying like sometimes it's just. It you know that's where I give Black Magic a lot of love, man. Look yeah. at Black Magic's menu set; it's ridiculously simple. No, that was uh, the thing that that I was just cracking up about when we pulled out the Amira, and I, I was like, "This is it." There's not there's right, right. bam bam. There's like six buttons on it, 
And the, the funny one that I always love students to show the students is the playback button. It's just a button on the screen that says right. play. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's it. Like, I think even we, some of, some of you got, got, got caught on that during the uh, feature. We, yeah. we couldn't find the button. I came out there. It was like one of those. It's like, it's a step. It's ergonomically located yeah. in the right place. Right. Right. It's just, again, just, dude, that's just a, that's one of those like nuances that I think is actually pretty telling though of like what they're dealing with there's right. just so much because Ari never made a consumer camera right like their cameras were always filmmakers I don't think they ever will that's not right. their game exactly right? that is not their, right. so anything that they're so Sony is a consumer you know they go both consumer and yeah I and love Sony by the way right. too Sony right. and, and another and the same 5. with and the same with Canon and those, was those things right so I I just it's just the difference between, but yeah, to get on that Aeroflex, like here, I mean, we can go in there and, and adjust the shutter speed with the menu. Yeah, that but they we have didn't do there, any. But. We didn't do any adjustment on camera really no. outside of before we started, got things set. Yeah, that was the last time we made any alteration. Right. Everything was on lens. Yeah, yeah. Was, and even on the lens, we didn't change much. Most and even it on was the lens, like right? F eight, F eleven. When we did some of the wides. once we once we yeah. measured and found where we and the lighting was consistent, you know, and you saw yeah. consistency yeah. across. And that dude, that's what's crazy is watching that footage and how much how consistent it is yeah. from shot to shot. I mean, you could argue on our digital. Sometimes it's not that the case, especially when you guys ride auto. <laughs> Yes, I'm clinching my teeth. Yeah, we've some of the stuff we say over and over. It's just like at at some point we just realize, okay, you're not gonna listen to me. Yeah, I almost <laughs> I know. almost want to take all our Sony's and scratch off auto, <laughs> yeah. like right. or just get some have or they break the camera if they hit it. No, I'm just kidding. Or have <laughs> like, uh, all the footage. It just it's it just they put on auto. Right, I just. Just have Sam take some tape and or and just tape over audio. Wait, like before Danny kills me. Yes, there's time. I know with interviews and especially if you have it comes in, autofocus like my 5D Mark IV, which is amazing. The um, uh, I think, but cinematically, you know, narratively, I don't. Yeah, I think ever for really write I auto. think in some cases for documentary auto white balance comes in handy, especially if you're going back. You know, inside outside real quick. If it's controlled, yeah. Right. But if you're outside, that's you're just asking for trouble. Yeah. You know. Right. So I. Right. Don't use auto. <laughs> just don't use Long auto. story short, don't use We it. don't like auto, but I, there's a bunch of YouTubers right now who are sharpening well, their, if you, you know. you can do this, then you have, like, yeah, but you're still, again, and it goes back to, what are they chasing? They're ch Like, I love, now, even more than ever, what's going to crack me up is a YouTube video that pops up, how to give your, your digital look, a film look. Well, you can just shoot consistently at the same ISO, right? No, do your research. That's the other thing they're not telling you to do. Is like right. even it could even start as simply as opening up Premiere and looking at the LUTs that are up in there and saying, okay, it's got the Kodak listed ones, right? Right. I'm going to go look up that. Look at those spec. Sheets. I'm going to go yeah. look at those spec sheets on that mm -hmm. film stock. And so when I go and shoot my right. essentially my inner positive on set, I'm lighting for that spec sheet. Yep. Versus, and that's why you know on the. On the bigger cameras like the FS7 or the Amira, you can load that in pre, so right. you can see what you're doing there. Uh, or especially with some of our monitors, you can drop that on there. You can so put you, the profile right, on so it. you know it's on there, which is what the big boys do. That's what right. they do. Yeah, right. But start, you know, for me as a teacher, I'm going to start with them doing it blindly. Like yep. you're lighting for this look. Yep, that's what you're going to do. 
I think it's a really good idea. And then, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm doing similar things. And I think, again, it goes back to process because if you, if you have, so a, that's a how DSLR, you get a film bar. Yeah. If, if you're, if you have a DSLR and you're like, I want my, whatever I make with this to look like film, well then shoot it like you would with a film camera. Right. That's it. That's that what they're not one doing. Step, that's that one step that nobody's right. doing. Cause you're, you're still bending the rules that a film camera would never allow you to bend. You see what I mean? Right. So like there is something to, you know, we're yelling like, at Noah, but he's I kind of a Noah, convert. Are you listening? No, uh, no, yeah, no, Noah's like the one who listens. Right, so <laughs> poor, well, he's like the I, weeping kid right I now. I had him yeah, when we were doing short film production last semester and I said, all right, I think I gave him an exercise. You're just shooting this at a hundred ISO. What? Don't move it. Yep. And it like, Oh, I'm like, yeah, you can't bend the will of the camera. To, like in film, that's what you have. You have that stock. That's what you have. Otherwise, you're going to go, you have to go back to code. Well, it's not even there anymore. But you have to go order and something. And I think there's an argument, too, to when you see these film, the movies that are shot on film, it's like, it's pretty substantially amazing. Like, you like you can make an argument that they're fighting for film for a reason. You yeah. know, like, like there's, because I see all kinds of crazy, crazy articles. I see all kinds of crazy YouTube videos who proclaim you know, people who shoot on film like crazy and all this stuff. And I'm just thinking like, do you even, have you done any research? Like where, yeah. where is your research based? You know, where are you, where are you forming your argument? Cause again, like, and, and that's the thing too. A lot of the noise that's out there, how many of them are actually doing it? Like how many of them are actually living by what they say, you know, because like there's like one or two people on YouTube that I'll go to on a regular for camera stuff, cinematography stuff. That's about it. Like yeah. once you find who, those channels, it's like they're then they're they're buried deep unless you know people, <laughs> yeah, you know right. who watch them, um, you know. And I'm sure people wandering DP and like every frame of painting. Mm-hmm. I like Wolf Crow too. That's another one. So since we're dropping names and no, yeah, you know, I might meet Give these people. That would be great. Yeah, you know? right. It'd be, it'd <laughs> if you really want to talk good. to my class? Come on down. <laughs> <That's> uh, <right. laughs> you know, but uh, and it's easier now with Zoom. <laughs> exactly. So you don't have to leave. Exactly. Millions of people are going to listen to this podcast, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the hopes, right? That's yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, anyways, but uh, yeah, I, I think these are all great topics, man. Yeah, we could talk about this stuff all day. Right. You know? I just yeah, I just think. It, it was really a major aha moment that I had um, that I didn't realize I was going to have it in such a way. I was like, when I found the sheet from the film stock, I was like, this is everything. Every Everything we do is based off of that. And then the other thing about it too, the look is just different. It's just different. Well, even Dom, it remember he even warm. says, like, he's like, did we do anything? Did, what do you say? Did we do anything to deal with the shadows on her face or something? Yeah, or he, he's like, he is that, was right. that like, was that done in camera? I'm like, yeah, dude, that's all <laughs> the magic of film. And that, right. and that's, that's the part of it too, is that magic of film. That's what yeah. side by side talks about. It's like, yeah. how do you, there's something about the actual celluloid yeah. that like, just, just creates yeah. what you see. And, it's a, it's and a hard been chasing it for, since its inception. Right. And it's, it's and you th- could argue they're there, but, but other people still argue that they aren't. Right. I don't know. who's. Well, right. I think again, it just changes your workflow because you know, you're already going to have a feel to it. Well, now there's a, there's a lot you can drop on it to give you the feel versus like, well, I just know the stock's going to have a feel to it. No matter what this film stock and is. the feel of shooting. Yeah. The film of actually <laughs> holding it with the, and it, like right. I mean, oh, that's money. Come going. on, everybody <laughs> on, on set that day was like, "Dude, 
Well, the camera making that noise? Well, yeah. well, it was like mind blown. You know? Well, talk about the workflow on set changes, right? Right. Like typically, you know, when you and I have worked together on stuff before, we shot everything, even the rehearsal. Well, I'm not shooting the <laughs> rehearsal when I got 1,200 feet of <laughs> exactly. film. So it almost, again, it changes everything. I'm like, you know what? Let's run through the rehearsal, make sure you know it, and then we'll run a take. It forces you to get it right. 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 forces you to get it right. And as a director, it forces me to spend more time on Directing. the performance, yes, right? Exactly. Like, I need to make sure. Which is where you should be focused right. at. That's what, you know, our students too, right? The director does everything. They got to be in everybody's business. No, not really. Not I mean, really. you kind of prep and you get all that done before you get to set yeah. so that you can focus on performance. Yeah, hopefully you're just talking with your actors. Hopefully you're just making minor yeah, adjustments. You're just, you're just yeah. making things move. You're still the visionary and captain, but you don't want to be dig like jumping into all kinds yeah. of, you know, I loaded the camera, but I, as a director, yes. generally you're not yes, going to be loading gonna, the camera. Well, full disclosure too, we blew out that first shot. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and, and so, you know, you know, but again, you know, going back to what you're saying, the whole, the whole, um, just on, on set protocols, just different. Yeah. And you, you, you really get a sense again of the craft and of the process but that if, should be used in both film or digital. Right. And matter. again, even with the workflow on set, which is a big thing that I, I'm always preaching with my students is it's so much more important with this because it's not just, I, okay, I just scan through my files on my phone and, or on the computer real quick and find them. It's like, you need to know, <laughs> you need to mark it correctly. There needs to be the script supervisor that's making that note. You, your audio reports better be on point because if it's not, then you're, you know, that post, like, so Noah gets to, he got volunteered. I think he said he wanted to do it, uh, but I volunteered him to, he's going to sync the sound and picture. Yes. Well, the Aeroflex has no mic on it. Yes. <laughs> it's not, auto -sync. yeah, no so reference. he gets to do it the old fashioned way, which is watch very carefully and, and make the mark. Uh, to sync it up, so which is why we want that slate in frame. Yes, guys, right. not up here right. or all these random or places. Like my favorite is when like it's just the text. You can't <laughs> right. even see the clapper part. Yeah, of it. Right, right, right. yeah, and so uh, even again going into digital, if you do all those things right, then it makes it easier and you have better backups. Right, it becomes. It, but I think this is a really good question or topic though too because. Um, like on that first shot that we blew yeah. out, we ate up almost half the freaking stock because um, it was like a almost a two minute yeah. master shot, right? And that, but but to stick to the process, we wanted to get that master and then move in. But because we did that, we ran audio on it. So guess what? Because we, we did audio, right? we did a pickup later uh, as that roll was winding down. I think mm -hmm. of the wide. At a different angle. So you'll be Which able to. Like and then, right, that was a good shot. And then we had the extra shots that we did off the bridge and stuff like that, where, all right, now you're going to do a J cut with the audio and pull. And as you're starting to edit, you're going to pull those things together. And that's where the craft and the art start coming in. Like, you don't have to. I know students think it's boring to actually build a shot list and do the and align the script prior to what's your coverage going to be. But now I have a plan A. So if something like that happens where it's blown out, all right, well, I, I, can, I have enough now to cut to. Right. I have enough to make this work if I need to. The other thing, too, is now I have choices. 
I've, I'm like, all right, well, maybe I won't use that. Right. Maybe I'll just do something. Well, you they, don't know what you're going to do once you get into the And they'll post. argue, well, I can get as many choices as I want with digital. That's the problem sometimes. <laughs> right. That's the problem is like you're shooting too much, you know, and even in documentary, I always tell people like, yeah, you're making your edit in documentary, but I don't want to go and shoot four hour interview with somebody and then and then have to make that, you know, a minute and a half in the final edit. I don't want to sift like unless it's like a World War II veteran or something like that. Yeah. Like they've got a ton of stories. Sure. Yeah. But I'd still want to go into that situation with an outline with some sort of idea yeah. like, you know, OK, this is here's my punching points. Let's talk about this. Get 30, 40 minutes knowing, though, I'm going to yeah. still get that minute and a half. But I'll have a really clear idea of what those sound bites are that I'm going to snag. But there is this mindset. It's just like, well, let me just let it roll. I call like, it. I call it the uh, Jiminy Jellickers <laughs> yes. from The Simpsons. Right. There's that just that great moment with Millhouse and like Bart walks. In. I show my students this all the time. Bart walks in. And is like, isn't it great to be in the movies? No, I've done the Jiminy Jellickers line so many times I can't do it anymore. And then the director runs in. Millhouse, we got to get it. It's done. Right. I've exactly. done it. Exactly. But the director runs in. I got to get it from this angle, and I. Tell my students that when they start going crazy on coverage choices, I'm like, oh, you're in Jiminy Jellicers mode. But it's interesting because you've got really, really big directors, and I'm not going to say who they are, yeah. that like to do a ton of takes yeah. versus ones who will do one or two. That's it. Well, who is right? Who is wrong? I don't know if anybody's right or wrong, well, but I'll I tell think, you what I like. I think it goes in, less takes. I think I think it goes into the style that the filmmaker's going for. Right. Um, you know, certainly those that do the fewer takes are going for a naturalism like Alexander Payne would be one of those that would be in the fewer take mode. First off, he's always been more independent, so he doesn't have a lot of money to spend on a bunch of different takes. But I've heard him uh, when Nebraska came out, I, he was at a Q&A and he said, I, my, the goal of the movies I make is to try to make a documentary. And so I'm opposite of every documentary filmmaker. Every documentary filmmaker hopes to start doing a narrative feature. Right, right. I'm trying to do a documentary. And so in that, he's trying to get a certain naturalism. John Ford was definitely on that. Eastwood's definitely. Eastwood's like, if I'm doing more than two takes, he's doing something wrong in his opinion. But then you can go on the other hand of it where Scorsese's like, he'll do a lot to get that perfect moment so it just i think it just depends on the director right. but i think they're they're going for In the moment too right yeah. right i mean right. there could be there's been stuff i've done especially if you think you have time i'll do another take on because i'm just curious to see well what would it look like if i have them do that because then it is it is about choices but I usually only if i'm going to change frame i usually only have maybe one or two other options when i see like Somebody who's like every day. Well, sometimes let me change the angle. Let me change the angle. I'm like, what are you after? Are we gonna do this crazy? Is that know? for me? As a, it's not so much about the angle as it is the performance. Right. Like Kubrick would do that all the time. No, that's, I'm what, not, I'm that's right, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's more of a that's more of a natural kind. And of I think we did that a we did that a, when people we, start moving. We did camera. that a couple times with our 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 fellow faculty who's over at Crafton, Paul Jacques, when we were doing the the other short. There's a couple moments like try it this way or try it that way just because I wanted the option in, Absolutely. in yeah, editing yeah. room. But yeah, I, but still like even that process was I shot the rehearsals just in case. Definitely not doing that <laughs> film. Uh, and so we made sure because yeah, when that's 
shutters going 24 frames per second. That's money. That's cash totally. money. Yeah. So yeah. Any? I think we. I think we milked this one for also all we could. Going back to coverage, if you get too much coverage, you're going to end up with an edit like Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't care if that movie won best editing. That editing was terrible. They had way too much coverage and all the shots. Ooh. It is a mini you. No, no is spoken. It's just going back to that. When you guys were talking about getting too much coverage, I immediately thought of that movie and. Again, though, they would argue that's what they were after. So, again, if you if that's your mode, that's your mode. And yeah, I get that. Right. I just, what I tell students is just experiment with the least amount first because I see students who go into that mindset and they're like, they're doing take after take after take. And I'm like watching their, your, you know, their footage and I'm going, dude, why did you take another take right here? Why did you take another take right here? Why did you take Because, like, nothing's changing. So either they're not listening to you or you're not giving them any direction and you're doing something behind the camera, changing something that you think is making a difference. And what? it's not. Well, you know? the, it, so it's really – that's, again, the motivation. Why? It's have motivation. If you're not – if you find yourself not having a motivation, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If you don't know why – switch gears. Right. If you yeah. don't know – and I think that speaks on, yeah, why why we have the film camera is like, let's get you to understand why you're making a choice uh, visually. But I mean, for me, what like- you're getting from having yeah, digital- I mean, Yeah, I mean, I learned directing from an old school television director. And I just, the first directing class I had was you had 50 minutes to do three setups and you have to get it done in 50 minutes. You can do your inserts whenever. And I always love that rule. You can do your, your final projects due next week, but you've got 50 minutes- and I'm going to be there watching. That's so awesome. Dude. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, for that. and then That's the next fun. class was you had two hours to do five setups. And then then the next level is like, you know, whatever. You the whole, but even then, like even yeah. then, that was, and well, I'm not going to age you, but yeah. a long time ago, they were still focused on the process. They weren't yeah. talking about the how. Yeah, no. You know? it, was, it, was all, it was all, I mean, Corey, uh, Alan was my teacher for that. And he did Star Trek and Magna P.I. and... Rockford Files. We got to get an episode done in a week. <laughs> We're not. Yeah, I mean, he did the, the TNG, man. I still think that, like, man, to pick that guy's brain. Because, you know, the next generation was yeah. all film. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people, a lot of newer audiences or fans coming to it, they don't really realize And that. I was I was thinking about this. Is going they just on. assume it's television right. and video. You right. Know? But I was watching reruns last night and so fascinated by the camera choices and this wasn't even season one where he was more involved but by five they he but he had set up they always had these angles he maximized camera angles and totally, that to get yeah. everybody in a shot there's not a lot of cutaways and so it's interesting because there's a lot of setups where i'm betting there's only two cameras in there that they're utilizing and sometimes probably just one just one exactly that's and you thing. know why I'm bringing that up. Yes, I know. That's why. I said <laughs> but we'll leave it. Thing. We'll leave it but at that. Th but that's the point, you know. And that's it, it, look. You got to know the history. You got to understand the different, you know, uh, uh, types of productions that go. Because down, again, he's maximizing time. He's maximizing time. He's maximizing his, you know, his aesthetic, his style, the way he wants to do it, the way yeah. he sees things unfolding. And I, like that series, I, you know, I should read more how influential that series was on television. But I know it was because it was, yeah, it was, you know, Emmy award winning. Yeah, it like set the standard for all the series that came after. I mean, it literally revitalized that that you know 
uh, IP in in the television yeah. series form. And it, since that, it was like boom, 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 boom. boom. Yeah. I mean, they have not stopped since. So there's something about the the next gen. I mean, obviously, I'm a fan because I was a sure. kid. But they're aesthetically. You're right. Like they did some really, really amazing. Yeah, things and everything's kind of shot. Really, this. Yeah, it's just. It was. It was all like maximizing time, but to get performance. So it's really like really showcasing with a heavy sense of VFX too. Yeah, like with this classical kind of yeah. uh, uh, you know way of dealing with effects and art direction. Yeah, I, it's just it's just amazing. Yeah, I mean, whether you're a Trekkie or not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. If you look at it just from a production standpoint, it's amazing. Well, maybe maybe we'll get a sci-fi script coming from a student, and we'll get to go in the studio and I mean, build the set. Have to wait for the students. I, yeah. like <laughs> I know you got twenty, 20 of them. Right. <laughs> I'd rather wait for the students. No, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, I think we're gonna wrap this one up. This is a very special episode <laughs> of In the Can. Uh, but yeah, no. Thanks for hanging out. Thank and, you for having uh, me. It was Always exciting, and it's gonna be fun. Uh, to see what else the students do with the film, I think. So. I agree. I'm excited. I'm All right. Excited to get beyond these COVID times. Yes, exactly. And uh, open registration for fall is twenty uh, is May tenth. Yes, and we will be here in the summer too. So we will be here in the summer. Yeah, you could classes. you could finish the certificate in the summer. Yeah. Studio production. Right. Yeah. All right. Later.